Hello, I'm Viana Scabrin and welcome to a new episode of the Economics in Business podcast. In today's episode, we'll be discussing how businesses can use behavioural economics to stay ahead of the curve when it comes to employee adoption of new workplace technologies. So just a quick note before we begin, we will be exploring principles of behavioral economics, uh, sort of assuming that you know the basics. So if you feel like you need to brush up, we recommend going back to episodes 8 and 25 of our Economics in Business podcast series. So without further ado, let's dive in. Over the last few years, we've seen a rise in the number of businesses investing in employee-facing technology. So firms are making these investments to improve planning, performance, employee well-being. But benefits don't just come from buying the technology itself. Overall success is heavily dependent on the effectiveness of the adoption by the employees. And without this, businesses struggle to see the true benefits of their time, financial investments, etc. So what can we do to ensure effective technology adoption by employees? What insights can behavior economics provide us with to ensure that the right behaviors stick? To explore these key themes, I'm super lucky today to be joined in the studio by Suresh Natarajan, head of our PwC's behavior economics practice in the UK and Europe, and Alice Gimblet, who leads our behavior economics work with government and health clients. Welcome both. Thank you so much for joining. Hey, bye. Hello. So, Suresh, half of the work, you know, PwC Behavior Economics team is on the employee side. So why has it taken so long for employee behaviors to be considered as important as customer behavior change? Uh, great question. Right. So behavior economics, I think, is you know quite naturally better suited to working in sort of customer and citizen space, and I think that's why we've seen so much work in in that area. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, typically it's easier to experiment. You're much clearer about your ability to to understand the impact of initiatives, and I think people are more easily modelled when you know you often might have you know. 10, 20, 100 times more customers than you would employees. Mm. So that kind of limits the ability for you to use the more traditional behavioral techniques in that environment. But that's not to say that these techniques aren't just as effective. And the fact that it may may be harder in the first instance and where academics have had less exposure to it and the the industry has probably been born by academic focus before, that's led to a real gap where we Mm. see really interesting techniques, but used in different places and in slightly harder environments where it may be harder to to demonstrate the impact, but it's still really important that you use behavioral thinking to drive change. So Suresh, what are the behavioral considerations um, for employee problems? Yeah, so I I guess if you look at the the kind of challenges um, behaviorally that we typically need to solve in the employee space. So you know, this might be around how do you get um, adoption of new ways of working. It might be around adherence to processes, like a common issue that many organizations will have is how do we get all the timesheets filled out on time? How do we make sure that people work with the processes of an organization when they don't necessarily understand them or they don't understand the need for them or the importance? And so there's a whole load of things that are, you know, really common in employees just as you do in citizens and customers around how do you make things simpler for people to do the right thing? How do you help them to understand 
complexity and how do you help them to start adopting and moving along the the journey of becoming better at something um, that is probably not unique in employees and it has always been a, a problem that many organizations have felt but the use of behavioral framing the way that we think about designing solutions that are more about taking the toolkit that we have to to tackle that long-standing problem but with a slightly new approach is a really important one that i think organizations are slowly starting to wake up to that makes sense suresh so yeah clearly behavioral is an afterthought and but why why is that the case i mean people spend a whole bunch of money on this stuff right why don't they consider the people in this when doing so yeah it's interesting it, and it's the things right like you know hundreds of billions of pounds are spent on on technology generally across both the uk but you know for our listeners around the globe everywhere you might be listening to this and i think it's i, I think it's largely from people neglecting the importance of behavioral change so when cios when organizations are investing in building capability and to to drive uh you know change in their organization they think of the things that are in their mind quotation marks difficult they think of the things that are well we'd need people to bring in to write the code we need to have new assets features and you think of all the things that you need to buy and you forget about the things that you th- think would be in your ability to solve which is a how do we get everyone to be on board with this new approach how do we make sure that when we roll it out it lands in a way that's really effective and often you find organizations are systemically biased themselves to believing that every single time that there's something new that will be the solution to all of their problems and because it's so much better that alone will lead to everyone's lives being better and everyone will use it because it's better than it was before and i say that through a bit of a smile because we all know if anyone's listening to this podcast you've been part of an organization where that's not true at all and it's surprising how despite that kind of belief and that understanding there isn't enough action effort thought taken to trying to find solutions to that so how do you make this rollout more effective it's not just about what you're giving people the technology itself but it's about the perception of those around it and and the moment you have a bad technology rollout for instance the next one becomes so much more difficult and trying to get over that adoption hump is crucial for long-term success as well as short-term adoption yeah that that all makes a lot of sense and i mean you have a lot of experience in this space right so if you were to give advice to someone leading up a firm they're facing adoption challenges they've really not given much thought to this what advice would you give from a behavioral economics perspective how could they start incorporating principles today so i think the main thing is uh remembering that adoption is an ongoing process so people businesses usually focus on the first time they implement any technology but you know as we all know processes change the workforce has changed technology changes too uh, and adoption is an ongoing challenge uh, most organizations are investing in technology that's not static it's constantly evolving and new features coming in all the time and you know we see it being quite rare that you have the organizational focus to remember that in that post process of change you consider the behavioral challenges all the way through in order to make sure adoption is an constant battle that you're trying to work on and then supporting that is just using 
more behavioral science, more experiments, more testable and KPI-driven approaches that know that you know when things are going well, you can scale those up, or when things aren't going as well, you can focus on those problems before they become any worse. Agreed. I think that point you made around you know identifying performance indicators is really important also because often these things take time to see the impact so if you can identify you know those leading indicators that drive change early on you can very easily iterate your approach you can prove that you're having an impact also in terms of the financial metrics as well so yeah you've given some good advice on how we can incorporate behavioral um, but I think now what we'd really love to hear is more of an example. So Alice, would love to hear from you here. Could you give me an example of where you've used behavioral principles before when you've tackled you know, a client adoption challenge? Sure, yeah. <clears throat> so a lot of our clients are facing sort of similar challenges and it's, it's definitely not an easy thing to get right. Um, probably the best example is um, when we were working on a large infrastructure project um, and they were having the exact same struggles we've been talking about where they invested significantly in a technology, a piece of software, but um, no one sort of knew how to use it or was particularly motivated to use it either. Um, so there are a few sort of problems that we identified from a behavioral perspective. Um, the first is really sort of status quo bias. So people were very happy with their current sort of non-digital processes and ways of working didn't necessarily see the new you know the benefits of the new technology um there's also the, the hassle factor of having to sort of learn new skills um and work out how it really helped them in their day-to-day -day jobs um i think technology fatigue was another factor so it's you know yet another new thing to get your head around I think that's something that you alluded to as well Suresh um, it's just the next the next big thing um, and there was really just a kind of lack of incentive um, so not only were people not seeing the, the personal benefit to them but also the benefits for their team or for the organization um, and of course the the issue with that is that that's self-reinforcing because the technology is only beneficial if most people are using it so um, if you've got a situation where no one wants to be the first to adopt that technology then it's difficult to get the sort of behavior change momentum going um, and if people aren't seeing their colleagues do it then they're unlikely to do it themselves some really difficult problems you had to solve Alice especially with the social norms I think I experienced this all the time like you know if no one else is doing it why should I be the first person to what what's in it for me so I think we're all actually really itching, very keen to know, um, how did you actually address these problems? What was your approach? Tell us more. Yeah, so we took a, a two-phased approach, really. Um, first, we did a, a diagnosis piece, and then we um, did a delivery phase as well. So in the diagnostic, we um, applied behavioral insight theory and approaches so to really sort of gain a, a deep understanding of um, you know, those kind of behavioral issues at play um, that involved conducting interviews and workshops with our target audience, with sort of people on the ground, um, as well as observing behaviors on site um, to really get to grips with what those barriers to adoption were. Um, <clears throat> and then we used these insights in combination with the literature review um, to map 
employee journeys and identify biases or blockers at key decision points um and and which would you know which we found were sort of leading to low adoption um and then from that point we we moved on to kind of solution design we created uh, did a lot of brainstorming created a long list of behavioral initiatives um that we thought uh, might help to tackle these these barriers that we had identified um and you know hopefully lead to increase adoption um and then at the start of our sort of delivery phase we we then took this this big long list of ideas um and to help us categorize and prioritize those sort of interventions or nudges um as we call them we grouped them into four overarching behavioral themes and those themes kind of were leveraging principles such as social norms messenger effects salience commitment devices um and gamification um as well i mean that's a lot of sort of behavioral lingo um but really the 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 core themes were um make it hard to avoid make it easy to improve make it a group effort and make it competitive um and hopefully those are a bit more self-explanatory um and we also applied the the adcom model as well um which which really helped us sort of develop a theory of change so as as you were saying Suresh thinking about it in the slightly longer term it's not just the initial action it's actually getting people in the the right habits long term um and and it also helped us identify the right sort of timing and touch point um for those nudge interventions that's great and i also really love how you focused a lot at the beginning on that diagnostic of really understanding what are the behavioral blockers the barriers rather than just designing solutions that aren't targeted to those barriers exactly so I think, yeah, it's really we, important yeah exactly we often just want to be like what's the cool creative solution but <laughs> yeah. yeah it's really important to understand the problem i think you also did mention you know the importance of evaluation monitoring i know suresh you and i touched on this earlier as well so we all want to know what is the impact of the work uh, on tech, tech adoption? Yeah, so uh, yeah, a really big impact. Um, over the three to four month period that we were on the ground, we saw that our behavioral interventions um, were very successful in encouraging software adoption. So we saw an increase of, of 81% in unique daily users, which is brilliant. Um, but we also actually saw positive trends in metrics um, in some of the sort of quality metrics um, so not just we weren't just encouraging more regular usage but we were encouraging better usage as well um, so we saw that those kind of quality metrics rose by 50 percent um, so overall we saw that improved adoption of the software itself but we also helped teams realize the benefits of the tool um, and then that then resulted in in significant reduction in kind of delays um, and an increase in in employee productivity. So very happy with the result. And, and what I really loved about this project was that these were problems and uh, software that had been around for for years. Mm -hmm. This firm had been paying and investing for things that just weren't being used because people didn't think it was helpful for them. And what we're saying and finding and a, you know, two, three month period is that you can get adoption improvements of, you know, 80% just through a different approach, considering humans and all of the different, you know, biases and barriers that we have to tackle in, in that kind of approach. Yeah, really great points. I can't believe that jump, 81%. That's, uh, 
but yeah, it's really huge. transformational. Um, so yeah, you've talked a lot about the approach, um, but yeah, if you had to pick out some of the biggest drivers that led to that, you know, 81% increase in usage, but also in the quality and the effectiveness of usage, what would those big drivers be? Yeah, um, good question. I think the the behavioral principle we saw the biggest impact from um, was sort of introducing an element of competition so using um principles from gamification and offering team-based rewards we found was really effective um in changing behavior but it was also really well received by our by the client and by our target audience as well just to add a bit more to that you know i think whilst the the gamification and leaderboards and um, having a much more of a competitive environment was super key uh, and, and that's not just from you know teams comparing within teams, but also individuals competing within the teams and also individuals just competing with their own history. How do you get better over time? I think underlying all of those things is actually that wider piece about you know trying to make sure that whatever we're doing is rooted in the actual environment and the behaviors that we're trying to tackle. So how do you make sure when we're designing visual cues, uh, nudges in the most salient places, how do you change the process so that people think about this? Gamification just kind of helps to reinforce those behaviors, but we have to design the right behaviors. We have to overcome the capability concerns and try and provide the right kind of opportunities and motivation as well to, to drive the, the behavioral change that we're trying to encourage. I guess organizations, people are very different. And I'm interested to know how replicable all this work is to other problems, people, organizations, employees. Suresh, over to you. Uh, really interesting question, Bai. So I, I guess I'd say that there are definitely some lessons that we can take that are often quite generalizable. You can apply a lot of this thinking to different organizations, different kind of you know, in this case, adoption of a new way of working with technology, the, the key barriers to change are continuing to be largely the same. But it's really important to get into the, the nitty gritty, as was mentioned earlier, about why people don't adopt in the places that you'd expect. And then building on that, different is not just the, the environment in which you operate, and it's also like the individuals. And what we find is that, you know, really important for a lot of our work is segmentation taking a more of a, a granular approach to why do different groups of people not adopt for different reasons. So the early adopters versus the late adopters is an obvious one, but actually those who might just be you know, procrastinating and they need a different set of solutions for them, it's all about trying to show how this saves them time. It's easier rather than anything else. For other people, it might be about the value they can drive from it. So linked to the the previous podcast we released, actually, it's, it's a lot more about understanding why people are different, what speaks to them, and tailoring your solutions to tackle that kind of thing. So again, this is something I think organizations are very um, nascent in their development. Using behavioral and employees changes hard enough. Uh, and what we really find is like a really incremental but difficult step is how do you then consider how people ought to be treated differently? What is the the communications approach? What is the process change? How does that need to alter by problem set that might vary by individual as well? So bringing all of that together, you, know, you need to take you know the, a hypothesis led view of how do we then design for those different groups? How do we find them? in the organization, how do we know that before they even get that technology, who's most prone to be 
you know, uh, doing what and how can we tackle those things? Really difficult questions, but ones that we've tackled as a, as a crucial way to say, we're not going to get adoption if we treat everyone the same, and we're not going to get adoption if we assume that they'll adopt it by themselves. Taking that deliberate focus is key and one that we found to be quite successful. Yeah, I mean, it's it's very important to accurately you know, segment target customers, making sure that what you're designing really hit, hits home for that specific personality type that someone might have. So yeah, I'd really encourage you to listen to kind of episode 25, I think it was, uh, where we dive into behavioral segmentation and how you did that for one of our other clients. Unfortunately, though, I think that's all we have time for in this episode today. Um, but before we do wrap up, I do want to ask you guys one more question. So if you could summarize in one sentence the most important point you want our listeners to take away with them today, what would it be? So, Suresh? When bringing new approaches and technology, the build it and they'll come is not a very effective approach. <laughs> and so using you know, some of the most effective techniques that we found in the, the customer and citizen space is just as helpful in the employee space as well. So think about behaviors and behavioral science when trying to navigate change in an organization too. Great. Alice? Yeah, and I think just following on from that, I'd reiterate our four behavioural themes, um, which hopefully listeners might find helpful in their own work. So make it hard to avoid, make it easy to improve, make it a group effort and make it competitive or rewarding. Great. Thank you so much to our wonderful guests, Suresh, Alice. It's been such a pleasure to have you here. Um, and yeah, if you'd li- like to listen, understand more about behavior economics, do check out our website. So if you just type in PwC UK behavior economics on Google, that will come up. You can also listen to episodes eight and 25, where we do talk about behavior in more detail. And of course, if you like this podcast, please make sure to subscribe on iTunes or Spotify so you can get notified of future episodes. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs>